my fault. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Thursday, November 10th edition of the show. That's right. It is a second straight show on a Thursday. Of course, because we missed the Wednesday show. Uh, I'm your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. Hopefully everybody's having a wonderful, wonderful week thus far. Uh, we've got some things to talk about. Of course, the Conference USA media rights deal. We're going to talk about where college game day is going next week. And we have to do our college football week 11 preview, where I ask questions and then answer them. And, of course, you guys can go ahead and answer the questions yourself in the chat as well. Uh, if you are watching, go ahead and do me a favor. Subscribe to the channel and make sure that you like the video. That helps us out as far as the algorithm stuff in the background, whatever. All these words that make you sound smart, just pretend that I'm saying them here. But liking certainly helps us out. Uh, And also, of course, subscribing to the channel. You hit the notification bell, it's going to let you know when we go live as well. Um, The show is powered by BetUS. It is America's premier online sports book. They've got amazing deals, amazing bonuses, all kinds of stuff, and the fastest payouts in the business. Go and check them out. BetUS.com is where you can do that. I host the BetUS College Football Show every Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, you can find that on uh, on the BetUSTV.com website or BetUS uh, College Football Channel on YouTube. Uh, there's a link in the description to be able to get to that, so go ahead and do me that favor. Subscribe over there as well. We just hit 11,000 over there. We want to reach uh, maybe like 12,000 by the end of the season. Maybe 13, 13 14, 15, you know, whatever it is. Let's uh, let's reach for the stars. Let's let's grow this thing massively before the end of the year. Of course, we're moving into, uh, I mean, all kinds of things right now. So, all right, let's, uh, let's make this a shorter than usual show. We are going to start off with this. The Conference USA... Media rights deal has been finalized. It is done. So let's go on and pull up the website here, and you'll see this is from the Las Cruces Sun News. But there's a lot of these articles out there. Of course, it says uh, Conference USA has signed a five-year media rights contract with CBS Sports Network and ESPN, with a network option for a sixth year, according to a report in the Sports Business Journal. Now, this obviously report uh, was before Conference USA announced it. It says the deal will double the league's previous media rights deal with an estimated $800,000 to each school per year. Uh, So let's move over to the Conference USA website where uh, this is from the commissioner, Judy McLeod. She said, this is a major step forward for Conference USA in terms of our multimedia rights as it relates to streamlined exposure, accessibility for our fans, and greater financial resources for our members. Building on our strong relationship with CBS and ESPN enabled us to provide increased exposure and consistent broadcast homes for our membership and fans as we continue to see the landscape of Conference USA and college athletics evolve. So, Conference USA, for quite some time, has had games on stadium. They've had games on the NFL Network. They, they've had streaming-only uh, games. They've, I mean, just all kinds of spots where you can't really find the game. And that became a massive problem because these schools are not getting the exposure that they really need. And that's what you ended up having 
uh, an issue with when Southern Miss, Old Dominion, and Marshall decided to leave Conference USA for the Sun Belt. Exposure is the name of the game, especially for these smaller schools. It's the reason why the MAC does the Maction games on weeknights, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Uh, those are games where there is no football. And no, it is not ideal for fans, but it is incredibly uh, useful, I will say, for you know these smaller universities that are trying to get in front of uh, a lot of people. Right, you're you're going to have an average of about five hundred thousand to sometimes a million people watching these midweek games. And let's let's jump back over to the article right quick and look at it. It says the multi-year agreement positions CBS Sports Network with Tier One selection status for CUSA football, eighteen games annually, and men's basketball over the length of the partnership, while also televising the football championship, men's basketball semifinal and championship games, the women's basketball championship game, and baseball and softball championship games. Uh, it says the CUSA membership approved a linear television-friendly scheming schedule um, da, 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 for football that sees all October league matchups play on midweek evenings. The broadcast partners will share CUSA's October weeknight football games on linear television across CBS Sports Network, ESPN, ESPN2, or ESPNU. Now, it, this is from the uh, Executive Vice President of Programming at CBS Sports, Dan Weinberg. He said, Conference USA has been a key partner for nearly two decades. We're pleased to extend our longstanding relationship. Uh, as the primary television of Conference USA, we are excited to showcase the conference's best across sports throughout the year. This new deal adds even more live games and events to our CBS Sports Network lineup, and we look forward to crowning champions in football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, and softball for years to come. ESPN Linear is going to carry eight midweek football games per season via the October midweek scheduling. Uh, in addition, ESPN Plus or ESPN 3 will carry all additional regular season football games, which is certainly a step up. I understand that it is streaming. I get this. However, you know where to go to find it. You don't have to search over a bunch of different networks to find specific games if by chance you are gambling on it or if you happen to be an alum of the university or you're just interested in what's going on. So it says consolidating all digital inventory with ESPN provides much more streamlined process for CUSA fans under one banner. Over 450 live sporting events will be available and streaming on ESPN Plus and ESPN3. This is a significantly better deal for Conference USA than what they had before, and it comes even after they lost some pretty big names. So there are some people that are watching this that do not remember who is actually in the conference now. So let's go ahead and rectify that problem. You have New Mexico State joining. You have UTEP already there. Sam Houston State is joining. Louisiana Tech is already there. Jacksonville State, of course, a former FCS school, along with the FCS schools that are moving up are Kennesaw State in Georgia, uh, Jacksonville State in Alabama, Sam Houston State in Texas. Those are the FCS schools that are moving up to FBS to be a part of this conference. To go along with them, I mentioned UTEP already and New Mexico State. Uh, Louisiana Tech is already there. Uh, Middle Tennessee Western Kentucky, Liberty, and Florida International, FIU. This is a pretty good conference, to be completely honest with you. Uh, you're going to have some really fun games. You've got enough content, enough inventory for these massive networks. I think this is a smart deal. I think it's a great deal for Conference USA. It locks them in for another five years, of course, with that sixth-year network option. Uh, you don't have to worry about teams moving around, etc. I don't believe Um and I think expansion, as far as Conference USA, et cetera, is probably done for now uh, because you are you don't have enough push to be able to get more than that. So 
Cheers to Conference USA. I think this is good for Liberty, etc. This is this is not good for the fans that want to actually travel in town for these games, but it is very good from an exposure standpoint and monetarily. Now, we've seen the media rights deals just skyrocket over the past few years, and this, of course, goes along with that. Uh, this is a lot more money than what these schools have been bringing in. Uh, I would expect that we see the same in whatever the next deal might be for the AAC, for the Sun Belt, etc. So uh, definitely a good thing for Conference USA. Now, let's tackle this. Where is college game day going for week number 12? That's right, college football week 12 is upon us. The season is rapidly coming to a close. There's only really three options for week 12. Uh, of course, this is the week. Next week is the week where a lot of the SEC teams play FCS schools or uh, lower G5 schools. There's not a ton of massive matchups, but the way that the Pac-12 has scheduled this has worked out beautifully in their favor. Of course, Oregon is hosting Washington this week, but Oregon hosts Utah next week. So that, to me, that is, I guess, number three on this list. Uh, Utah's already got two losses. I don't anticipate a third this weekend. I think Oregon gets a win over Washington this weekend, so Oregon will still be highly ranked next week. Uh, So that is certainly a chance. Now, the issue is that game day has already been to Oregon for the UCLA-Oregon game. Number two on my list is Illinois at Michigan. If Illinois is to get the win over Purdue, that becomes a really, really big game as far as national rankings, as far as everything else. Like, this is the last real test really the last test period for Michigan before they go to uh, Ohio State. So that is something to pay attention to. You might be looking at a battle of maybe top 15 teams, uh, certainly top 20 teams. So something to pay attention to with that. Illinois going to Michigan. Uh, game day has not been to Ann Arbor this season, if, if my memory serves correct. The number one spot, I believe, will be USC at UCLA. Yes, Game day did the UCLA at Oregon game, but they did not go to the Rose Bowl. They did not go to Los Angeles. USC has only one loss. They play Colorado on Friday this week. UCLA has only one loss. They are playing against Arizona this weekend. Both of those teams are nearly three touchdown favorites, if not more. I think USC is like a 30-something point favorite. Uh, UCLA is around 19, 20, somewhere around there. Those two, if they only have one loss each will both be maybe top 10 teams or at least close to it. Uh, That is where I believe they will end up next week. Pac-12 highlights. Pac-12 showcase next week for ESPN's College Game Day in week number 12. Uh, Let's hit this ad right quick. On the other side, we're doing the College Football Week 11 preview. Let's check out some things you should know about. College football is back, and BetUS TV has you covered. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, we've got expert game analysis to help you make informed decisions before kickoff, only on the BetUS TV College Football Channel. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, gambling picks, merch, the gear we use, and more. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit BetUSTV.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports Show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. 
If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and more. Visit winningcureseverything.com slash store to see what all we've added. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. And now, back to the show. All right, let's dive into the College Football Week 11 preview. This is the part of the week where I ask questions about the week that's coming up. And, of course, I, uh, I answer them. Now, I would also like to get your answers. You guys toss it in the comments, toss it in the chat, etc. I would like to hear what you think about these. Um, but we'll move on. Let me go on and tell you, enter the picks contest. That is the biggest thing uh, for us right now at Winning Cures Everything. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure that you click on the contest page. Or you can just go over to my Twitter account and, uh, and click on the link there. Uh, but you'll get signed up. The winner gets a $25 Amazon gift card every single week. And it's a lot of fun. We, we pick 11 games against the spread. I think, I think you're going to have a good time with it. So, uh, with that said, let's go on and tackle this. Uh, the biggest brand games, who is going to get the highest ratings of the weekend? I like to try and predict the TV ratings. What is the viewership going to be like? I'm not going to predict viewership. I'm just going to predict who's going to have the highest. And we'll, uh, we'll do it in order. So, let's, uh, let's take a look. Uh, I think Alabama and Ole Miss is going to be a tight game. I believe that it will be the most watched game. It's on CBS. It's the 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time window. Give me Alabama and Ole Miss for number one. Number two, I think TCU at Texas is also going to be a very tight game. A lot of storylines around that. Of course, the game is in Austin. It is a primetime ABC game. That one, I believe, will be number two on the list. Nebraska at Michigan. I understand that it is a massive spread. However... This is another one of those that's like a, it's the 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time game on ABC. Two massive brand names. And I think because of the style of play that both of them will have, especially with Casey Thompson, the quarterback, being out at Nebraska, I think it's going to be kind of slow to get margin early. I do think Michigan ends up running them out. But I do think that this will be a little bit tight early. There's going to be a lot of people watching to see what ends up happening. Um So, yes, I think that'll be number three. Indiana at Ohio State, that's a big noon kick on Fox. Uh, That's the, you know, 11 a.m. Central game, 12 p.m. Eastern time game. Uh, Any time Ohio State plays, it does not matter who they play, it's going to do a big number. So I will have that at number four. I've got LSU at Arkansas as number five here. On ESPN, it is a noon Eastern time game. I think there's going to be a lot of people interested in whether or not LSU Uh, has a hangover after that massive win over Alabama. They've already got one loss in the SEC. Ole Miss only has one loss. So there will be a lot of Ole Miss fans watching to see if Arkansas can pull the upset here because if Ole Miss beats Alabama, Arkansas, and Mississippi State and LSU takes one loss, Ole Miss goes to Atlanta. So the SEC West is not completely tied up yet. This is a very important game here. And, uh, And I've got another noon game that's going to be number six on my list. Uh, That's Notre Dame at Navy. I don't anticipate this being 
super close or even a fun game to watch. But uh, that matchup always does eyeballs. Notre Dame, big brand, of course. Uh, that is who I believe is going to be uh, the number six most watched game of the weekend. Now we move into the most exciting games or games that will have the closest score, right? Uh, LSU at Arkansas. I think that's going to be pretty exciting. I do anticipate LSU having a bit of a hangover. If K.J. Jefferson is healthy, I think Arkansas can put up points on this LSU defense because they can attack it differently than the way that Alabama tried to last week. Uh, LSU has proven vulnerable to the run. Most certainly, Arkansas can take advantage of that, especially if K.J. Jefferson is healthy. That is a massive, massive if because he did not look it against Liberty. He, uh, he was not trying to leave the pocket. That offense was not having a lot of success against Liberty. I, I think LSU wins, but it wouldn't surprise me to see anything crazy here. It's going to be cold Saturday morning in the 30s. Uh, yeah, let, let's see about LSU and Arkansas. Liberty at UConn. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Liberty, of course, has lost Day-Day Hunter, the uh, the incredibly elusive, exciting running back that they've got, a, just a dynamic playmaker that they have there. I think uh, I think this one could get a little bit tight. Jim Mora, maybe maybe coaching for a, uh, one, a bowl game, but two, maybe a chance to move over to the Arizona State job? Hmm? Anybody interested in that? Just saying. Just saying. There is a possibility that he could be moving along from UConn after just one season, but uh, but he's got that bunch believing, and they are playing a, a fun brand of football that can actually win games. So, yeah, I think that one could get pretty exciting, could get very interesting. This is a huge letdown spot for Liberty. Uh, if they don't show up on this one, uh, that, that would be wise because they went to Arkansas and won last week. Uh, the next one on the list as far as exciting games, Alabama at Ole Miss. Of course, Alabama's terrible on the road. Uh, they're not very good at defending the run over the past five weeks. Ole Miss likes to run it. Now, where you could see some margin from Alabama here is the fact that Ole Miss likes to run off tackle. They like to hit the edges. And it's tough to do that against Alabama because of the team's speed. If you run between the tackles, you got a chance to really overpower them. I'm not sure if Kiffin is confident enough to change up his game plan that has worked so well thus far this season. So we'll see what ends up happening there. I think it could get really exciting. Um, but yeah, there's a chance Alabama blows them out. I, it's on the road. So why would we take Alabama to cover anything on the road? UCF at Tulane. What a fantastic game. Top 25 game. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun in New Orleans. Um, I don't know who's playing quarterback for UCF. I don't think it necessarily matters. I think there are mismatches on both sides. I am so curious to see who ends up coming out on top on this one. I think Tulane will. Who knows? Who knows? But I think that's going to be very exciting. Wisconsin at Iowa. I don't anticipate either of these offenses going crazy. I know that Iowa has been able to put up points here lately. They they broke 30 a couple weeks ago. They hit 24 against Purdue last week. Wisconsin's offense is playing a little bit better as well. Uh, Jim Leonard, of course, coaching for his job, basically. He is the interim there at Wisconsin. Uh, I think that could be very interesting in Kinnick Stadium. It's going to be nighttime in Kinnick Stadium when this thing gets done. So I think that could be a lot of fun. App State at Marshall opened as a pick. I think App is a one-point favorite or it might have moved back to a pick here. Who knows? But very, very close game. That Marshall defense is really good. The Marshall offense is not so if Marshall can keep App State out of the end zone, uh, App State can certainly keep Marshall out of the end zone. This could be very low scoring, could be very interesting. Uh, 
Washington at Oregon. I don't know how close this one's going to be because Oregon has been absolutely rolling, but it, I'm not going to say it's a bit of a look-ahead spot because, of course, Utah just demolished Oregon twice last year. So Oregon might be looking ahead to that one um, because they are 13.5-point favorites at home this week. But I look at this one, and I see uh, I see a lot of explosive plays. Just a ton of them through the air. Bo Nix is going to be throwing touchdowns. Michael Penix will be throwing touchdowns. Both of them will put up a lot of points. Uh, who knows who ends up covering, but I, I will tell you this. There's going to be a lot of points, and that can certainly make for a very exciting football game. Last one here, Purdue at Illinois. Um, nope, nope. Last one for exciting is TCU at Texas. Yes, I don't think the Illinois game is going to be super exciting. Uh, TCU at Texas could be very exciting. Again, a lot of a lot of storylines with this one. Um, I don't think it necessarily matters if Quentin Johnston plays. Uh, it looks like he's going to. So that's good. Apparently, they didn't feel like they needed him, and he didn't feel exactly right last week, so he just didn't play. Uh, And it turned out they were right. They didn't need him against uh, Texas Tech. So this week, I think you're going to need him against Texas. Uh, Curious to see what B. John Robinson looks like against this TCU uh, front seven. I think he's going to have a lot of success. I think TCU will have a lot of success against Texas, even though that defense has played significantly better. Moving into who has the most to gain and the most to lose this weekend? It's a very interesting question. TCU at Texas is huge, not only for playoff implications, but just for Big 12 implications. If Texas loses this game, they have four losses on the year, they have three in the Big 12, and I think that that eliminates them from the Big 12 title game. Now, I could be wrong about that, uh, because there are a lot of teams that have two losses right now. But I imagine one of them will end up with two losses. And TCU, if they win this one, it is a lock. Like, they are going to the Big 12 title game. So, uh, there's a lot at stake in that game. Uh, and also, as far as, like, bragging rights, etc., right? If you're Steve Sarkeesian, you do not want to lose a fourth ball game, especially to TCU in your own house when you still got the entire month of November left. Uh, Louisville at Clemson. Most to gain, most to lose here. Uh, Clemson, that loss to Notre Dame, was as ugly as it gets. Louisville played awful. To start the season, over the past five weeks, they have absolutely been a top-20 caliber team. They are rolling right now, especially on defense. This team is really, really good. Um, I, I think Louisville wants to show like a little more proof of concept, uh, especially that coaching staff. Uh, you get a win at Clemson, yeah, that's going to go a long way. For Clemson, you do not want to completely fall off the wagon here. Uh, you still got a chance to play for the ACC title. There's an outside possibility that you could play for the playoff. Um, I don't think they'll make it after how bad they looked against Notre Dame last week, but this one is at home. We'll see what happens. Uh, most to gain, most to lose, LSU. Of course, going to Arkansas. There's not as much uh, to gain for Arkansas here other than maybe some bragging rights and and to get back on the, on the horse, right, because you lose at home to Liberty last week, and that's certainly certainly not good. But LSU... You win this, all you got to do is beat Texas A&M, and you are in Atlanta for the SEC championship game in Brian Kelly's first season. That's a lot to play for. It's also a massive, massive spot after coming off of a win over Alabama last week. Uh, The first time that they have beaten Alabama in Baton Rouge since, I believe, 2010, if I'm not mistaken. So, interesting. Washington at Oregon. Most to gain, most to lose. Uh, Oregon has a legit chance at the playoff. You cannot be caught looking ahead to Utah. You can't be looking for revenge too early. you got to handle Washington this week. And if you're Washington, 
yeah, you've got two losses in the Pac-12. Uh, you've got a lot of teams with one loss right now. But you get a win here, you start having some other teams get knocked off, there is a, there's a chance that you could be in that Pac-12 title game. So, yes, there's a lot at stake there. Uh, Ole Miss against Alabama, all you need is LSU to lose one game. You beat Alabama this weekend, and you've got Arkansas, and then you got Mississippi State. You have a chance to be able to get this win. You you got a chance to be able to go to Atlanta, legitimately. It's it's awesome. So yeah, this is a big time spot for Ole Miss, and also for Alabama. You don't want last week's loss to turn into a loss this week. Yeah, you you got to maintain some level uh, at this at this point. You, you just you got to maintain that standard, uh, and if you don't, I mean, a lot of changes might be coming to Tuscaloosa. Uh, the most to gain, most to lose, Purdue at Illinois. If Illinois loses this one and uh, and Purdue wins this, um, that Big Ten West is going to be a disaster because you have to imagine that Illinois is probably going to lose at Michigan next week. This thing gets squirrely really fast. Uh, looking at the Big Ten West standings, and I, I'm looking at it now, and I don't have it pulled up on my actual screen so you can see it. Illinois is 4-2. and two. Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue, and Minnesota are all three and three. I mean, this is this is insane. Nebraska's two and four, Northwestern's one and five, but if Illinois loses this weekend, like it is uh, it could get serious. It could get real serious. So moving along, who are the most likely double digit underdogs that can win outright? And I'm going to start out with this. So, a 10-plus point underdog that can win the game on Saturday. Who are the most likely? Uh, Ole Miss against Alabama. We'd, we've we seen Alabama do it yeah, once this year and, and almost twice because I think that number got up to like 9.5 against Tennessee at one point. Um, so, they lost that game outright on the road. They lost to LSU as a 13.5-point favorite. They now are an 11.5-point favorite on the road in Oxford. Ole Miss only has one loss on the season. This offense has been dynamite. Yes, I could absolutely see that happen. So Ole Miss could absolutely win outright. UConn against Liberty. Let down spot, hangover spot for Liberty. And they lost their their dynamic playmaker, Day Day Hunter, the running back. That's a recipe for disaster when you're going up against a team that plays very efficiently and kind of slow, to be honest. They like to run the football. I know that Liberty's defense has been really good lately, but this is a, a sleeper Saturday. You're not really paying attention. You you got a huge win last week. You're coming in. UConn is, of course, known just over the years as kind of being a doormat. It, they could certainly sneak up on Liberty this weekend. Uh, Louisiana Monroe is a 13.5-point underdog at Georgia State. Does anybody trust Georgia State as a double-digit favorite? Like, are we are we doing that now? Louisiana Monroe went down 21 to nothing at home against Texas State last week and came back and won the ball game 31 to 30. Um it would not shock me to see Terry Bowden in that bunch find a way to pull off an upset here and get a win. Uh Georgia State has got other things that they're looking at right now and it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Louisiana Monroe. That Chandler Rogers, that quarterback has been playing really really well for them. Uh the other one 
Florida International is a 16-point underdog at home to FAU. FAU has been terrible on the road. I mean, just absolutely terrible. Um, I I don't know what to think of this one. Uh, I don't think FAU should be a 16-point favorite over anybody, but I don't know what to make of FIU. Uh, they win some games that you just do not expect. I mean, they beat Middle Tennessee State. They, they've got four wins on the year. I would never have believed that Mike McIntyre would get four wins out of this bunch. And yet, here we are. There's obviously talent on the on the team. Um, they still got a long ways to go. But you get a win over FAU, who is leaving next year to join the AAC. And, yeah, it could get interesting. FIU, very interesting possibility here as a 16-point dog to maybe pull an outright upset. The G5 game of the week. What are the candidates? UCF at Tulane, I think, is absolutely it, right? Josh Pate, late kick, is going there this weekend in New Orleans. Uh, it's a top 25 matchup. Uh, the chance that the winner of this ends up going to the New Year's Six is incredibly high. I look for this to be a very exciting game, but also think it's going to be kind of low scoring. Uh, I don't see a lot of points being scored here. Uh, San Jose State at San Diego State is my other option here. Um I think that San Jose State is the significantly better football team. I know this is a late game, but this one looks like it there's a chance it could it could get a little crazy. It just it, you know, those late night uh Pacific Coast kind of games. Yeah, that and it's not a Pac-12 uh at night. It's not uh Pac-12 after dark or anything, but it is Mountain West after dark. Uh we've seen some stuff happen this year. San Jose State I don't know how much you can always trust them. I do like their defensive line quite a bit in this matchup. Um, this is one of my plays on BetUS. But I do like San Jose State here. Uh, but I think it could be a fun, fun game. Fun Mountain West game, for sure. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this week. Go and check out Valtimary Surf Company, uh, uh Collegiate Town Surf Company shirts. Like, they are awesome. Just a, a great apparel company. Uh, their customer service team is fantastic. They're going to treat you right. I've got a link in the description. You go and use the promo code Gary10, G-A-R-Y-1-0, and you will get 10% off of your order. The material is great. The fabric is great. Very comfortable. So go and check them out. Uh, along with that, of course, the show brought to you each and every time out by BetUS. It's America's premier online sportsbook. I host the BetUS College Football Show on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. As we're getting out of here, make sure that you like the video for me. And, of course, uh, if you're listening on podcasts, leave us a nice five-star review. That certainly helps out. Uh, Any of these questions on here, you go ahead and answer those in the chat, and that would help us out, or in the comments. I I would love to hear your opinions on these as well. With that said, we're going to get out of here. You guys have been fantastic. You're always fantastic, but regardless. um, Yeah, yeah, we're out of here. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Hopefully... Hopefully, all your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE. And the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, 
an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.